You're listening to the Boss Business of Surgery series, episode 107. Today, I'm talking with my friend, Amanda Hill. She's a healthcare lawyer. I invited her on because I'm seeing an unprecedented level of physicians being laid off, departments closing, private equity going bankrupt, and doctors not being able to be paid. And we started a course earlier this year called the 90-Day Notice, and that's for people who wanted to leave a toxic job. But we also wanted to support those people who are finding themselves without a job somewhat unexpectedly. We're also hosting a free live webinar, November 28th, 6 p.m. Central. Head to BossSurgery.com to register. Welcome, surgeons. Residency didn't teach us everything we needed to learn to be a successful surgeon. While we spent our time caring for patients and learning how to operate, we didn't learn how to advocate for ourselves or navigate our career. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Vertries. I'm a general surgeon, certified coach, and founder of the Boss Business of Surgery series. This is where you'll learn those lessons not taught in residency. Welcome, everyone. It's Amy and Amanda. Hello. I'm so excited. This is going to be so fun. Totally, completely agree. And so I wanted to start off with just an introduction. We are so glad you all came. This is an incredibly important topic. So medicine's changing field is just ever-changing these days. And if I were to guess, <laughs> this is so funny, many of you are thinking about quitting your job. And obviously, Sherlock Holmes here, because you came to a webinar called Talking oh, to Leaving Your Job. Changing your job. Yes, of course. Good one, Amy. Very yes. receptive. Exactly. So you may be thinking about leaving. Now, this is not a gloom and doom talk. That We decided that this is not how we roll. This is about empowerment and freedom. And that's what really, Amanda and I have been talking about this for, I don't know, at least weeks, if not months. Months. Um, months. Yeah, because we've been talking about our own individual projects. So I'm the founder of Boss, and she's the founder of, of Guard My Practice, which we'll talk about in a minute. So we initially started to lift each other up, and we said, we're actually a, a pretty good combination to solve some of the problems because a lot of the mindset work that I've done over the last several years, I've solved some things and Amanda has seen a lot of legal things that I don't know much about. And it made perfect sense for us to come as a collaboration. And essentially I could spend an hour with her every week. So why not? <laughs> there right. you go. And well, I mean, we cannot have a presentation without slides. We probably could, but we're going to start off with this here too, just to kind of keep things a little bit on track. So this is the talking through leaving your job, the 90 days notice. So who are we? Amanda, you first. Hi. Well, I don't know if Amy knows all of you already. I do not. So it's nice to meet all of you guys. As some of you may know, I'm a healthcare lawyer. I'm in Austin, Texas, and the sweltering heat. And I've been doing this for a minute. I know I look so young, but I've been working for physicians for 23 years now. And I couldn't imagine the any other place where I belong other than representing physicians. For some reason, my job on earth is to help you guys. I don't know why, but that's what I do as I help doctors. So I started my career at the VA years and years ago, <clears throat> left the VA, went to a large health system, went to an FQHC, and ended up starting my own farm. So I'm, I've literally seen it all. I represent tiny doctors, big groups. I've worn lots of different hats. And so I try to look at everything from both perspectives, right? You always have to think about what the other side is thinking about when you negotiate. So I really have enjoyed, and I'm really happy that I did all those different jobs because I really can see it from multiple perspectives. But I want you to also know how how much I understand your world because one of my early jobs was shadowing doctors And I would try to get the patient satisfaction scores up, right? So I would go with doctors during their day with my clipboard every 10 to 15 minutes slots going through the day, trying to figure out maybe what the doctor was doing wrong. Why were they making patients angry? And I really got a feel early on for the amount of stress that just, this was 20 years ago, way before all of the pressures that you have now. And it's just gotten worse and worse. And I have seen a notable, noticeable shift in my career, um, doctors are growing more frustrated. They're more burned out. They're overwhelmed. They are just ready to throw in the towel. And I really partner with doctors to try to help them, not just through job transitions, but lots of different changes or investments or deals that they feel really confused about. Because a doctor just today called me out of the blue and said, I don't understand the language that you speak. 
And I thought that was a great analogy, right? Just like when I look at an EKG, it looks like a bunch of squiggly lines. You look at a contract and don't understand it. So we have to work together. And that's one of the reasons I'm so excited to work with Amy because she's got the surgeon coach perspective. I've got the lawyer perspective. But one of the things that happens most frequently when they call me is something went wrong, right? I mean, when they call, they don't like to pay. <laughs> Nobody wants to pay a lawyer. I have a lot of doctors that say, I love talking to you, Amanda, but I really don't want to because you're expensive. I totally get it. But when something goes wrong and you have to hire a lawyer to clean it up, it's expensive, it's heartbreaking, and it's a rocky road. And so one of the reasons why I'm so excited about this class is that it's teaching you the, the process, right, and the strategy before anything becomes a crisis. Now, another thing about me, besides being a healthcare lawyer, is I'm a mom. I have two kids that I birthed and three stepkids, so there's a lot of kids. So I'm balancing, just like the rest of you, trying to deal with motherhood and full-time job. And I started a startup because I didn't have anything going on. So why not? Why not balance two companies at once? So yeah, it's a lot. And I that's why I started my company, this new company, was to help doctors. That's how passionate I am about it. So I also happen to be a writer and I'm very, very passionate about humor um, because I personally think that humor and levity and optimism is the way <clears throat> through life where we can live longer and find more joy. So whether it's this webinar, whether it's the course, if you wanna sign up for it, you're going to find humor and levity because that is how we get through these hard times. As a cancer survivor, after going through near-death experiences, trust me, I've been there. And so the only way through it, right, is to say, we got this. We have to support each other and lift each other up and say, let's form a plan and negotiate for what you're worth. So that's me. Hopefully you understand from the little intros that we're not going to have a lame, boring session or class. We want to have fun. So Amy, you introduce yourself. Okay. So I'm Amy Vertries. I'm a full-time general surgeon at a nonprofit community hospital in Tennessee. I'm a military veteran of 17 years in the army. I was a Lieutenant Colonel, three combat tours in Afghanistan and Iraq. And I've been in, in academics as an associate PD of our res general surgery residency, I've done a um, fair amount of research, primarily on lessons learned from the war injured. Um, I was an employed surgeon after leaving the army, and I started my own private practice, which I'm in my third year now. Um, I'm married with two kids, and I own two buildings that I rent out, and my experience is pretty varied. I've been sharing lessons from these experiences in the Boss Business of Surgery series since 2015. This is something I created to try to increase our attendance at ACS meetings, because I figured if I had these questions, other people had these questions too. So that's how it started. And then this was before my third deployment. And after the third deployment, I left the military and kind of took a break from it. And it, of course, resurged in 2020 when I started really having some trouble in the job and, and thinking like, is this, is this what my job is going to be like? Is this what my career is like? I feel like, I feel like there should be more. So that's when I became a certified coach because I first even heard about, you know, coaching around that time and, you know, didn't really know what place it held for me and tried it myself. And then I started seeing some changes. It wasn't enough for me to stay in the job that I was in. It'd be interesting to see if I had some of these skills back then, but it was enough for me to realize that I had a little bit more to offer just the world. So I started a coaching career and I just relatively suddenly quit my job. That's a long story. Actually, it's a really short story. <laughs> I started having a little dissatisfaction and looking back, it's all very obvious to me now, which is where a lot of these lessons come from is that, I mean, I have a hundred percent faith that you already know what you want to do. There's no question in my mind that the right answer is within you. And it's the limiting things that hold yourself back that keep you from making the decision that you want to make. And so part of that is tonight, I'm going to share some simple things that you can do right now. I expect you to leave this webinar tonight, having some good ideas of some of the things that might be holding you back that could help out immediately. Um, we will have a course that is three months that we'll talk about later. And, but for the most part, we want to focus on some of the things you can do now, actionable things that you can do now, because Amanda and I are both hard charging, get things done, do it in a fun way. And we would not want you to come here and share your time and not get something out of it. So that's the most important aspect uh, that I wanted to share. And to give you an idea of one thing that the reason why I came up with this course, and I got some feedback the other day about someone who was having trouble at work 
And she's like, I just feel like I'm not getting anywhere. And we worked through some things and she was able to really, for the first time, have a meeting where she really felt like she made a difference, where she really liked herself in that meeting. And that's really what we're looking for in this, this course. And let me point one thing out that Amy said, it's not just about how to ditch your job and start a better one, right? This is really an exploratory process on maybe you just need to transform where you're at and then start to just strategize about your future, even if you're not there yet. Because I think a lot of times people think the grass is greener. I'm done with this place. It's toxic. It's terrible. The next place is going to be so much better. So we're going to talk a lot about that. What is different from the next job, from this job? So I want to make it clear that I had a client the other day that wanted me to negotiate, paid me good money to negotiate a contract for a different hospital system. And after talking it through, I said, what are your actual goals here? What are you looking to achieve? I actually tried convinced her not to take it. I said, you don't need to take this new job to get what you're looking for. You need to reform the one you're at. So Our point is, it's not that we're saying everybody needs to quit their jobs. It's if you are in a place where you have to, let's make sure it's seamless and let's develop tips and strategies for how to do it successfully. Completely agree. And over the last couple of years, we had the global pandemic, right? COVID changed everything. So it changed the whole world, especially medicine. And the tide seemed to turn from doctors as heroes, frontline workers, saving lives, to suspicion and disrespect, and in some cases, job loss, personal financial impact. I mean, they've like documented like an annual decrease in salary for us. All within the last couple of years, the pandemic created this economic rift where it seemed like everyone came out losers, but especially these smaller hospitals. And as the hospital economics and the overall feelings of dissatisfaction became more dire, 10% of physicians have left medicine. And what that has done is the 90% leaving, which we were already sort of stretched in the first place, now we're covering the work that we used to do, and we're doing it with loss of personnel in all areas of the hospital, nurses, techs, supply chains, essentially every aspect of medicine changing with less people, loss of institutional knowledge, disruption of supply chains, disruption of the normal workings of the hospital, that domino effect has impacted and continues to impact every aspect of our life. So essentially our hard jobs became harder and they seem to be daily changes. And I mean, I think everything. So we need help. We need new skill sets, knowledge, power, and influence. It's just, it's just not enough to be a good clinician in this environment. We're obviously smart, capable, dedicated. We can advocate for ourselves if we were really shown how to do it much more effectively We've not spent a lot of time learning the legal aspects because we haven't really needed to. I mean, but these unknowns, when you do think about making a change are what creates traps for us. So when you do choose to leave, you may wonder if you really are legally stuck and it's not really clear where to go next and where do you find a lawyer and will they understand and how much is this going to cost and so on. And so I'd be honestly surprised if there's anyone in medicine who hasn't really stopped and thought, should I still be doing this? I mean, I have always been a hard charging surgeon. I never thought of changing that aspect, but, you know, the last few years have been a little bit challenging and I'm just not sure where the future of all this lies. So it's a little discouraging to me because I was one of those people that was never, ever going to leave. So, and let me tell you something that I've started to see the repercussions of this. You know, you were mentioning earlier about the heroes, right? There was a little bit, they did a lot of research. There was a tiny little uptick in doctors feeling better about themselves, right? Because the, the world finally gave some recognition to healthcare workers. Like, oh, wow, you really work hard. Like, hello, where have you been? Like but this minutes. one moment in time, right? You got some, some kudos. Well, the problem with the world right now, it's so driven by bad reviews and negative thought comments. And it's so quick for people to file a Yelp review, a WebMD, and a board complaint against a doctor. It's so disheartening to go through all this training and then have patients slam you online because they read something on WebMD and you won't agree to give them the meds that they believe they need. I mean, it's just gotten a lot harder, I think, to be a physician. And if you're already worn down and burned out and tired and overworked and, you know, less money and all the things, and then patients are coming after you, it's a recipe for disaster. So we really, that's why there's a slice of jobs whether you work for yourself or someone else that have figured it out and they really try to empower these doctors to keep going. I know how hard it is, is my point, but there's a few that are doing it right. 
And don't lose hope is what I'm trying to say, because there's a lot of doctors out there that are doing a lot better than they were before because they've gone through this process. I have two clients right now this very week that are in the middle of a job transition. Like they put in their notice, they wrote their patient letter, they're about to start their new job. It is a very stressful time, even in the best of times. What about my patients? Are they going to follow me? What about my non-compete? Am I going to get in trouble? My employer seems to be angry with me. There's a lot of emotion involved, right? When you're in that interim between jobs. And one of the things that I see over and over is fear and of the unknown. I don't know what I don't know. And I'm afraid. And I don't, I'm I'm nervous that I'm going to miss something or the medical boards can get mad or patients are going to get dropped or something's not going to go well. We don't want to have to teach you how to be a lawyer. What we want to teach you is to be so empowered and have so much more knowledge that you're not scared to go through this process, that you know you have it in you, you know what you want, your mind is in the right place, you've thought of the options, you've strategized, you have a plan. And to me, I was just talking earlier to someone and I said, about a few months ago, I felt like I was in the weeds. I felt like I was in a forest, I couldn't see, it was so overwhelming, so much happening at once. The minute you start to see a plan and a pathway through the woods, the lights coming through, you see the way out, you feel so much more confident. So I want you to start thinking of this as, yes, it's a difficult time, but you can build a plan through it to where you're not going to feel so stressed. It's not hopeless. I started to hear things after talking with these doctors about the self-discovery of changing jobs about, oh, wait a minute, they started listening to me. I started negotiating for what I know I'm worth because I backed it up with data. I slowed things down. I did the things that you told me to do. And all of a sudden I'm getting the leadership positions that I didn't get before. Or instead of leaving the meeting feeling absolutely depleted, I had more power. So even if you stay, we want you to feel more confident that there is a pathway through because trust me, They call us attorneys and counselors for a reason because it's completely privileged. And doctors, I'm talking the best surgeons in the country are calling me sobbing because they're these are difficult things and they don't know who else to tell because it's embarrassing. They don't want to admit that they're scared. They don't want to say, but you know, they're mean to me. And they have to, you have to have a community to be able to talk about this. So, Amy, I want to talk a little bit more about. When we go into this course, what we're you don't have to quit. Let, I mentioned that earlier, but why don't you go into that a little bit more? Yeah. So there, here's our disclosure. Even though it says talking through leaving your job, you don't have to quit. That's not really even the point. We want you to have freedom and power, and we feel the solution is knowledge, skills, and mind work. And if you quit, you can change your job, but not much else is going to change. You may move to an environment that has more to offer you or something different to offer, but without clarity and focus, you're relying on luck to end up in the same and potentially end up in the same position that you were before. And let me tell you, everybody, sorry to interrupt you. Everyone is going to change jobs. I have doctors that think it's some sort of abnormal thing that they're changing jobs after three to five years. Almost every physician is going to change jobs multiple times in your career. It's not like it was in the old days where you just hang a shingle and you're in your little rural town and you there for 40 years and then you would die. This is something that's very common. So we don't want you to be scared about change. We want you to see it as just part of the process of your career. Yes. And it's funny because I think one of the limiting thoughts is people even saying, I've changed jobs once already. I mean, that's too many, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, unless you got the job you want, that's not too many. So the old adage of like, oh, it's going to look bad on my resume, right? Yeah. And I'm mean, sure if you're hopping around from place to place to place to place, well, that's terrible because that's a lot of credentialing. <laughs> it's a lot of time. You have to reestablish yourself. But there are a couple of situations where doctors are like, oh no, I made a bad move and I have to go back either for family or make, you know, moving for a job is a stressful situation for the entire unit of your people, right? Because you all move and you have to change schools. It's a big thing. So Sometimes it doesn't work out and that doesn't mean you're a failure. It really doesn't. It just means that you have to think through what am I looking for? And also how do I negotiate an exit? Exactly. And one of the things that I want to help show you is that it really is all how you decide to think about things. 
Because if someone were to ask me, Dr. Vertries, I see that you have changed jobs this many times. And I'll say, yes, I will continue to change jobs as long as I need to. I want to find the best fit for me. That's that's the best for me. And that's the best for you. And I feel like that's a, a reasonable answer. And if they don't like that, then that's not a job that I want. So we stop making a lot of these things that happen to us mean something about us. We actually have the ability to decide ahead of time what we think about ourselves, And that's really where your true power is. Because quite honestly, most people are in their head. They're not thinking about us. So, but when we think about us, we start acting in ways that influence the environment. And that's really what you want to have control over is how you're influencing the environment. And really, I want to get to, this is the most important thing. Your most important thing is not to love your job. It's to love yourself in that job. That's really the true goal. And it's achievable whether you stay or go. And if you think about it, what is your job's job? And I want to get to this idea of the idea of quiet quitting. So that was a popular thing for a little while of just saying, fine, I'll just stay in this job. It's fine, whatever. I'm just going to kind of quietly quit, meaning that I'm not going to do the things that I want to do. And that's a good temporary thing. But I kind of describe this as hiding under the bed, building a fort, making it the best fort ever, but it's still under the bed. You're still hiding. You are not empowering yourself. You're not evolving to the best version of yourself. You're simply holding space. And I think over time, that's actually going to be most harmful. So let's think about what the role of our job is. So here's an interesting aspect. We think our job should do this or should do this. We think our job should provide us with fulfillment. We think our jobs should show us appreciation. We think our jobs make us feel bad. We think our jobs make us feel good. <laughs> we think our jobs give us opportunities. And so what does our job really do? Because when you look at this list, like, is this reasonable to consider your job doing this for you? May give you opportunities. I mean, that's one fact. The rest of these are actually feelings and these feelings are within our control. When we look at what our job really does, it provides us opportunities to learn. It provides us circumstances every day. People say things to us, you know, something happens. So all of these are opportunities to learn how you're going to interact in that environment. Your most growth inspiring spurts are going to be the most difficult ones. So if you're in a difficult job mm -hmm. right now, the one thing that you can take away is this job is offering you lots of opportunities to learn. This is the most important period in your life where you have the ability to find a difficult situation and say, you know what, I'm going to change. This job is going to be the best for me to make sure that I can go anywhere and be myself and love myself and be effective and create the environment and the influence on the people around me. Can't make anyone change, but I can change this environment to, to be what I need it to be. Your job offers you choices to make. We tell ourselves all the time, I have to do these things, but really it's a choice to do these things. It is a choice to speak up, it is a choice not to speak up. It's a choice to let things pass, and it's a, a choice to go and, and confront someone. All of these are choices to make. And all of these are, it provides us events that lead us to feel something. But again, the feelings of something is our choice. And I, I offer it to this all the time of saying, People say stuff to us all the time or something happens to us all the time. And if that same exact fact, the thing, words said or something like that, or an event that happens, if I feel one way and Amanda feels a different way, we already have some room for doubt. So anytime you're not dealing with a fact and you're dealing with your thoughts about something, that is where your power is. Do not squander that power. This is a great opportunity to learn how you interact with the world. Because when you understand how you interact with the world, you now have gained insight into who you are, and you're going to be much more effective and influencing in that area. Your job does give you Can that. Can I add something to that, Amy? Please that I think it's really powerful, and I want to say it twice, which is it's an opportunity to learn. Because I had <clears throat> a boss one time that made me cry every day on the way to work. And I was not seeing my kids, and it was late nights, and it was, and the nanny was putting them to bed. And it was so wretched. And I told myself at the time, someday you will learn from this, right? 
Tell yourself that if you're in a terrible job right now and it's so toxic and you're absolutely miserable, literally reframe it in your mind. Someday this will be a powerful lesson because it, it gives you power over it, right? To say, this is something that's teaching me. I did leave that job after two long years <laughs> that I put in and it was a really long two years, a lot of tears <clears throat> and a lot of toxic environment that I had to endure. But guess what? I developed a plan and I knew I had to get out and I did it. And I took a big leap after that job that I never would have taken if it wasn't for that job that pushed me to it, right? So you never know what those bad experiences will lead to, which can be really beautiful. That's when I started my law firm was I was so miserable in that job that I had to get out and I created this whole new world for myself. So my point is, as bad as you feel, don't let yourself get sucked under. Tell yourself, I'm going to grow from this. Perfect. And go back to those emails that we sent out because I sent out a handout that talks about things you could do at work right now. There are uh, several techniques in there that I can tell you that you're doing now. It's about boundaries. It's about mind reading, managing negative emotions. So it gave you a little cheat sheet that you could take right now and start making some real honest change. So these, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, skimming off the top. These are the easy things to do. There's a lot more to this, obviously. But the bottom line is it's not our job's job to make us happy. Anytime we go to work and mm -hmm. say, okay, job, it's your job to make me happy. <laughs> You're flipping the coin and you've given your power away to an mm -hmm. inanimate thing that honestly doesn't care if you're there or not. You know, I know that we get a little offended thinking that we can be replaced, but quite honestly, we can. And I have real experience with this too in the military. And I always joke about this too. And this has been consistent through my deployments is that the emails, those ones that you cannot ignore that are so essential, they stop at two weeks when you're gone. Like we can't check, you can't check the email. So when I come back and I look, it's like, oh, look, there's a lot of people. Ooh, they're really, they're really fired up. And by two weeks, it's crickets <laughs> giving up on you. So unfortunately your life expectancy in an institution, at least where I was at was two weeks. And when it came to the residents, it was two years because they would leave after a certain period of time and come back. And you think like, gosh, I have such an influence in these residents. They really like me doing all the things like, nope, two years, they will have forgotten about you and it'll be the new attendings. And, you know, honestly, that's just the fact. Um, and that's not to be depressing or anything. We can create a tremendous amount of influence at the time, but in the end, it's too much pressure on your job to rely on that, to make you happy It's squandering the power that you have. All right. And so the, the last main tip that I wanted to offer you is to recognize that we don't actually think about what the problem is. Isn't that interesting? There's reasons for this because we don't give ourselves all of the opportunities to look at all the things that are actually wrong. We have a vague feeling that things aren't going well. We may have some idea. We leave, we get a little bit annoyed and things like that. But essentially, we're not really giving ourselves all the possibilities that might be happening. So what I want to do are three steps that you can do to mine all the data that you possibly can to really tell yourself, what is the problem in my current job? And the problem is essentially, what is the list of thoughts that I have about my job that is causing a problem? And what are the thoughts that I have about myself in the job? That's a problem. What do I have uh, my thoughts about other people that are the problem? And we do this, it's kind of like skipping all the steps. We go down to the answer and we think we have the answer, but really it's in the details of what you're offering yourself. So the first step is to say, what do you want? And I know it sounds funny, doesn't it? Of course I know what I want. People actually don't, they don't provide themselves the clarity of it. So when you say, well, I don't like this job, this job isn't working for me, I work too much. Well, what does too much mean? How many calls do you wanna take? How many patients do you wanna see in clinic? What kind of problems do you want to see? How many partners do you want? Where do you want to live? So when you say, what do I want? I know what I want, do you really? And this seems really obvious. And I'm gonna give you a little tip about coaching. Mine work? is sometimes really obvious. It's obvious to everyone else but you. But you. <laughs> I was actually just talking to someone before we got a couple hours ago on a call and she's like, I was listening back to some of the group coaching and I'm just wondering to myself, how did they not see it? And then she's like, maybe I don't see it either. 
<laughs> and it's absolutely true. I know this for a fact. I mean, I've been a coach for three years. I've coached hundreds of people and I still get off a coaching call like as early or as recent as last week and saying, well, that was obvious, but it's so funny how we're blind to what we actually want. And there's a lot of things that go to that because a lot of thoughts that come in saying, I'm not going to get that. I shouldn't want that. That's too much to ask. So all of these limiting things are what is keeping you from making that list of what do you want. And so when you make this list, you want to go into a little bit more detail and say, what am I holding myself back? What if there was no limitations? Because that's what happens. I can't afford that. I'd have to move away from family. I'd have to sell my house. So we think of all the reasons of, you know, to basically edit this list of what we want. And what I want you to do is just go wild and go crazy and write that list of all the things you want as if it was a given that there was nothing, no barrier in the way. And let me point out that the number one thing that my clients tell me they want is more money. And I am 100% guaranteeing you on this call that that will not solve the problem. You can get triple the amount of money, but it is not going to solve the problem. So I want you to just take money off the table. It's a given. Everybody wants to get paid a decent wage and not, not have to buy everything on sale and eat ramen noodles, of course. But it's deeper than that. So besides I want more money, which is the only thing I usually hear, it's, of course, what else? Like Amy was saying, there's so much more that you that a lot of times my clients don't think through until it's too late. And all of a sudden, I'm pitching it to them when we're at the contract stage, right? That's the end. The contract is the very end of this process. It should not be the time where you stop and think, oh, wait, but what do I want? Right? That should happen at the beginning. Completely agree. And I can actually give you a very personal example of that. So in my employed job, when I decided to start my private practice, my contract was about to be up. And I knew at the time that we were not getting paid like the bottom part of, of MGMA. So I was able to get the data and I read Chris Voss's book and I practiced all the things and I went in and just gave a phenomenal performance. Like that was like, I was so proud of myself. I did the work and, and I, but it's so funny because I got a phenomenal raise for not just for me, for my partners too. I brought them in with me. And so we negotiated together. I said, we're stronger together and was able to negotiate a spectacular increase in our pay. And so I thought, great, I feel appreciated now. And you know what? I didn't because it was never actually the problem. The problem was when I went to clinic, I couldn't get things done and they acted like they could barely stand me. And that was the problem. And so just like Amanda was saying, you think it's about one thing, but it's not. And so you really have to focus on even these three things. If you hang up right now and do these three things I'm about to tell you, it's going to change your life, but going the next step and really digging through all of these things is going to give you a lot more options to really understand where you're going. The second thing is the permission to complain. So we have a natural resistance to not be complainers because complaining is not socially acceptable. It makes us feel bad about ourselves, things like that. But if you give yourself the permission to complain, have the pity party, have the frustration thing, have the vent session, and then you start writing all the things that you're thinking about that, that are bothering you, you're going to be able to turn this around and say, this is what I want. And so then you start adding to your list, your very first things of what do I want? So that complaining is basically how you get to your desires. Envy is another thing. We don't give ourselves access to what we really want because it's usually the route to that is a complaint. We don't feel good. We don't want to look at it. So really give yourself permission to complain or vent or look at who you're envious of and keep adding to that list of things that you want unfiltered by the things that you think that you shouldn't ask for or that you can't get. And the third step is ask other people, ask what makes them happy, ask, ask what makes them annoyed and frustrated and ask them these two questions. What do you want? And why don't you start complaining about your job? Cause I really want to hear what's going on. What this is going to do is going to give you an extremely long, effective, actionable list of things that you truly desire. Yeah. And the more thorough you are in this, and this is an excellent thing to bring to coaching because you're hiding some of your deepest desires under several different things that are holding you back. And I could tell you this because, and this is a great way to do this is when you're thinking about, I want to leave the job. So my last point here is 
I want to give you permission to leave. And what this means is I don't want you to have to think how or why or how is this going to work or things like that. Well, actually, why is what I want you to think of, but not how. So what holds us back in these jobs that we don't really want is we're telling ourselves, I don't know how to do it. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I should do it. I'm living in the past. Like this job used to be good. This was a job I wanted. Well, I could tell you I've been in my job for seven years. I think I've had seven jobs. <laughs> Every year it changes. So if you're living in the past because you used to like your job and now you don't, that's different. Mm-hmm. Failure to see the future is another thing. If you are not looking in the future and really anticipating where you want to be in the future, then you're basically stuck with what you have because you not allowed yourself the permission to dream of the possibility of what might happen. And the other thing, this I think this really holds people back. I'm going to have to leave if I think about it. Well, there's no magic fairy that hears your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <gasps> you said you're going to leave. Pack your bags. You're not going to get fired for thinking of it. And can I just so. also say, Amy, that it's not, not you might want to leave a job not because it's toxic right it's not like it's a burning building that you have to run from or you're going to die of smoke poisoning i left a job once that was phenomenal right it was the best employer it was the greatest doctors i loved the company but i had two small kids and it was it was too much work and i i couldn't possibly get it all done and it was too much and i needed something different It wasn't the job that was bad, but I had to give myself permission. Like you said, if this is a wonderful company, I'm stupid to leave. The benefits are great, but I realized I had to leave because it wasn't serving me anymore. And that is hard because it's it's easy to say, yeah, I got to get out of the job. I've got this narcissist boss and everybody doesn't appreciate me and I'm treated like dog. But if it's a great, it's a great entity that everybody's envious and everybody wants to work for, you think I don't have the permission to leave, but you do. If it's not serving you, you do. 100% agree. And that goes back to failure to see the future. And we limit ourselves so much in what we could potentially do. Like how many of you want to work like a 0.8 FTE? Or how many of you want to run your own practice? How many of you want to make not necessarily change specialties, but see less of what you see and maybe not see the cases, you know, that case, I mean, in our groups all the time, I talk about that case, the case I want to quit, but we still do it. But we tell ourselves all of these things. So if we don't allow ourselves to imagine our idealized future uninhibited by anything else, we're never going to be able to get there because if we don't know why we want it and what we want, we're never going to be able to have the power to manifest it into reality because a lot of these things tying us are artificial. Like money, one thing, what happens if let's say, so I started a private practice this particular year has been hard. But you know what else? And I, I had a podcast episode about it. I actually did drop down to 0.8 FTE. Like Wednesdays are my day. They're off. I protect them. I have to fight for it all the time with the call schedule, but I, I've protected that day. I'm at 0.8 FTE. Then I brought on a nurse practitioner. I was off today. You know what she was doing? She was seeing post-ops cl- in clinic. So there's actually a lot of ways when you allow yourself the freedom to think of it just might be possible. I don't know how to do it yet. But, and this happened when I got a partner, I was telling myself, no one's going to want to come to Columbia, Tennessee. No one's going to want to join a private practice. (laughs) I got my ideal partner. She wanted to come to Columbia, Tennessee. It reminded her of her hometown. She liked me. She thought I'd be a good partner. I am. I love her. She loves me. So great. (laughs) But I never would have looked until I gave myself the permission to find her. And it was a coaching call when I said, well, I'm, I'm just stuck with this, with this situation. And they're like, what if you're not stuck? And I was like, this is why I said, it's like obvious. I'm like, what you mean? I'm not. <laughs> I see that so often. I have doctors say I want more money or I guess I'll have to go part-time and lose money because that's the only way I'll be with my kids or it's very black or white. And there's not a lot of creativity. And sometimes it's okay to go through that exercise of like, Let's be creative. Let's look at a future that where I make the money that I want, that I have the schedule that I desire. And how is that going to look? And is it possible? And it's like a Tetris. You just sort of figure it out where they fit. So give yourself that permission, I think is definitely key. And give yourself time to do it. My nurse practitioner helps me so much. And, but 
she actually reached out to me and started a little bit at a time. And then now she does a little bit more and now she does a little bit more. And I started realizing just how invaluable she could be. Had she started where she was about a year ago, like doing all the things she did, it would have stressed me out. <laughs> but I saw an imagined future where it may be possible that I can get help. So I started asking for help. And when I started asking for help and basically essentially hiring help, that's when everything changed. So that is what I wanted to share. So Amanda, after you. All right. Awesome. Now that you've thought and you've given yourself permission to quit and you're thinking big and you've allowed yourself to complain and you're doing all that mind work that Amy talked to you about, dig your contract out of the grave, right? It's in a dusty shelf. It's somewhere. You don't know. Is it signed? Who knows? And a lot of times I, I have doctors saying, well, there's a, here's a draft. Like, I don't know. Or it's something we did years ago with auto renewals and it's so old. It's either three pages or 50. Like, who knows? They're all over the map. So go find your contract. Dig it out. And if you didn't understand it when you signed it, because trust me, a lot of clients come to me later and say, well, I just signed it at the time because I didn't know I had a choice. This is the time to understand it. Sit down with your contract and learn through an advisor, through your lawyer, through this course even about what it says and what you're going to be bound to when you leave this job. Because a lot of doctors don't fully understand. Like I might say, well, when you leave, all right. If you leave today, you've only been here for two and a half years. This is just one hypothetical to show you how important it is to read the details. You've been here for two and a half years and you got a sign-on bonus when you started. If you leave in the first term, which is three years, and this is two and a half years, so you've got six months left, then you leave today, you have to pay back all of the sign-on that you were given when you started. There's a clawback provision and you have to pay for tail. And you have to pay for this, that, and the other. And there's the penalties. And all of a sudden, they're going, I had no idea. I didn't know that if I left today, that it would avoid that. I didn't even realize that. So you have to go through and read the contract to make sure you know. I always call it a scorpion tail. What's going to slap you in the back when you leave that you did not realize? And clawbacks are one of them. That's a big one. Because if you just stayed a few more months and then put in your notice and timed it, again, what did I talk about earlier? Strategize, right? If you're strategizing your exit, a lot of that goes back to what the contract says, because you might want to take all the advantages that you can before you leave this job. For example, some contracts say that in the notice period, you can't take CME or in the notice period, you can't take vacation time. Well, don't you want to know that before you go firing off your resignation letter and put in your notice? Because you would have put that CME or leave in before. Which goes into the next point, which is don't just quit your job without thinking it through. And I want that look on our face, don't we? Yeah, that's, I love that. I'm out of here. (laughs) So tempting, right? You want to go in there and be like, you know, the curse words are on the tip of your tongue. You know, I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm sick of being treated, mistreated or maligned or not taken seriously when I'm just as trained as my, this, I went to, you know, residency with that guy and here he's making twice as all the reasons you have, you're justified in being angry and it's tempting to blow everything up. I implore you to not do that because it's not in your best interest. The best thing you can do for you is to read your contract strategize the future and think about think about your job as an orange. If you're done, like if you're ready to go, I'm not talking about trying to rehab the job you're in, which is sometimes what we do. But if you're absolutely done, think about your job as an orange and you want to stick a straw in it and you want to suck out as much as you can of that orange before you walk out the door. And that doesn't mean burning the bridge. It means taking all the advantages that you can And the timing that works best for you, which means you need to have a strategy. And that is really crucial. I I can't tell you the number of times that doctors just go blowing up their jobs and quitting without having a strategy. So it's really important to not only think about where you want to go next and what the right job is for you, but start the process of negotiating your new contract or your new position or starting your company before you quit. Whether you start your own job or whether you work for someone else, there's a lot of work that goes into it, especially when you're starting your own. I've had three clients this month that are starting their own practices, which is really hard in 2023, right? But it's still possible. And if you start your practice, I have a whole checklist, right? Okay, here's the first thing we do. 
Here's the second thing we do. You need to get the bank account. We need to get the EIN and we need to do this and we need to do that. And we need to have the credentialing person and we need to start your own, you know, lease review. Don't think you're going to do all that in a tiny bit of time, right? That takes time. So if while you're working and miserable, but you think in your mind, but I have a strategy, I am building the empire that I'm going to go to. It makes your current job a ton easier to stomach because you know it's not permanent. Right. So when you're saying, you know, my doctor's like, check, I got the lease, check, I got the loan, check, I, you know, I got the medical assistant hired, check uh, all of the things they need to start the practice. And by the time they put in their notice, man, they are excited. They're like, I'm so ready and I'm prepared. And it's not a tragedy. And when things go wrong, they can handle it better because they have something to look forward to. Same thing with negotiating your new job. We have take the time and, and that it takes. And trust me, one of the things we talk about contracts a lot, because I'm a lawyer and that's what I do, is building your leverage. And the best thing you can do is negotiate for a new job while you have a good job, right? You don't want to seem desperate to your future employer. It's one thing if you're working for yourself, but if you're trying to promote yourself as like, look, I'm a rock star and I've been really great at this job and I'm a really good hire, then you don't want it to come across as like, and please hire me now, 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 hire me now, because it's not going to look great for you, right? So have the strategy that you need. It's really critical before you put in your notice, because I have had a lot of doctors that backfire and they were like, well, I was so ready to go. I had one doctor the other day <clears throat> that said, you know, it's really amicable. It's one of those situations where it's not a bad place. It's just not right for me. And I've worked with these guys and we really get along. And, I, you know, I, I know the contract says 90 days, but I'm just going to go ahead and tell them six months in advance. I was like, wait a minute. Why? What does that do for you? Why does that help you? Because the minute you put in your notice, something changes in your partner's eyes, in your employer's eyes. You're a lame duck. You're on your way out. You're not someone that they're going to invest time in because they know that you're leaving. So I was like, I do not think that is a good idea for you to go give, you know, bajillions of extra months notice. You only need to give the notice that is important in your contract to give. And so that was interesting. So you thought, oh, I never thought about that. I never thought about it that way. You're absolutely right. I'm going to wait until I absolutely need to give it. But that is what comes with strategizing, right? You really sit down and think, what are the pros and cons? And when do I need to put this notice in? And when do the holidays fall? And when are my vacations? And when's the right time? Because timing is really, really important. All right, so let's see what's next on the slide deck, Amy. I think we're gonna talk about the course next. That's right. Yay! So, you know, I'm hoping that you guys got a lot out of this too. And just a, a little sample, I wanted to make sure that you had enough here so you understand what, what our motivation is which is essentially we are working together the problems that we see to make sure that we set you up for as much success as possible. How that's going to work is guess how long this is going to be 90 days, three months. Shocker, shocker, 90 days. <laughs> so every Tuesday at 6 PM central time starting next Tuesday. And the plan is going to be Amanda and I, this is exactly the size that we want. We do not want a large group. You know, we want a small size of people that we are going to take through, especially this first group. I mean, where on earth could you get a lawyer and a certified coach with experience and experience in other things together, making sure that you have everything that you need. So we're going to have them in, in rounds, three months at a time. They're going to look a little different every single time. So you as the initial group would be people that are grandfathered in. So three months, the next three months you're in, the next three months you're in, things like that. And the goal of that is that, you know, we want you to build on this too. We want this to be a valuable community that is helpful, that you will help each other and that we create this network and this body of knowledge that we're all contributing to. And because the really what the goal of all of this is, is not just you guys getting the job that you want and having the life that you want, which is obviously important. It's for all of us to have the life that's important. You know, no one is coming to save us in medicine. There's no way. You don't have to come. You don't have to come after the course is over. You might be like, I learned everything I wanted, but what happens if you're not ready to quit right now, you take the course for education. And then in a year from now, you're like, Oh, wow. I didn't realize this would happen because so many doctors tell me, but Amanda, this is the job of my dreams of my literal dreams, you know, I'm like, okay, okay, you're never going to leave. I get it. You know? And then two years later, they call me and they go, 
oops, I was wrong. My mother is sick. My husband, I got a divorce, you know, whatever the thing is, they have to leave. And so it might be that you're like, I kind of remember what we talked about, but now it's more crucial. So you can just pop back on is, my, is our point, right? Like if you want to pop back on and ask a question, you're always going to be a part of our Facebook group. You're always going to be a part of our community, especially as a founding course member. So you can always pop back on and be like, I forgot what you said about that. I'm going to pop back in the course and just listen to one thing. You don't have to attend everything, but we wanted to make it available for what we call the founding members to where we're sort of your, we're, we're your coaches and we're by your side on this. We really want you to have your questions answered. And, you know, Amy and I are both the same in that we're wickedly ambitious and we don't stop like Energizer Bunny. So we're always on that check-in answering, you know, we're, it doesn't take long for us to give you the help that you need. And we want to be there and accessible for you. That's really important. And if you need to go listen to a recording about what we talked about, it's available. The course, the way we divided it up is sort of amenable to, you know, having it in chunks and it will be fun. We're fun. Obviously we're super fun, but you can be professional and you can have fun. You know, it's not all about money and it's not all about legal mumbo jumbo. It's really about trying to teach everyone how to strategize and transition well. Yes. And speaking of those three things, I I forgot to put a slide on those three things. So the first is like, why are you feeling stuck? And we talked a lot about that at the beginning of this webinar. Uh, Why are you feeling stuck? And we want to make sure that you're creative and, you know, creative and moving on and really giving yourself all of the options that are available and effectively getting those options and then moving on to the next best thing. Um, The most important thing is, you know, being able to look back, you know, being able to tap into that self-compassion and looking back and saying, it's okay. I can look back at the mistakes I've made because I'm okay. I can look back at that and realize this is all meant to happen and look at this amazing future that I have for me. But I want to make sure I can still navigate meetings okay. I want to make sure I can still navigate with difficult partners and have these meetings that feel like a challenge. And I want to like myself through those things. And I want to do those things. And I want to be able to kind of write my own exit letter and write my own future. So those three things of, you know, why you're stuck moving on and then going to the next big thing is really what we're looking for. So it looks like we have a question right now, wondering about the confidentiality discussions of the course. Sorry if I missed that. That's a really good, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to confidentiality on the calls, you have the ability on zoom to change your name and not be on video. So if you do, don't want your name ever to be on here, you can change this by going to the dots on the side and renaming yourself. And you could choose not to be on video. That is hundred percent the best way to not have any um, aspect on any call because the calls will be recorded. What you can do though, is if you have a question, you can email either Amanda or I, and we can do this via chat too. So if you were like, I don't even, I don't even know like how this would work. So you send us your question and we post that. So I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. And if you have a question that you're just embarrassed or you don't want to be seen as asking because you're afraid it'll get around your partners, you send us an email and say, you know, and then we'll just say, someone randomly asked us this question. Let's answer it, right? Let's go through it. There's a million ways we can definitely shield your name. It's not a privilege, like you know, I'm not your lawyer and so you don't have attorney-client privilege, but we're going to try to protect everyone's you know, freedom to talk and ask questions without feeling like it's going to come back and hurt them for sure. And you can always say things like, my friend is wondering, <laughs> we don't have to know it's really you. Like, so all the time um, there's opportunities to ask us and anonymous ways, say it's a friend, email us, all those. That's a great question. And the <clears throat> chats do not have to be a part of this too. So like when you share the the calls, the chats are not on there unless we specifically put them on there. And we provide contract review if the time comes. Oh, that's a that's the tough one. I'm not your lawyer, so I can't provide your specific contract review. No, you'd have to hire. Um, but I will show you. So I, I'm basically going to show a mock contract, and I will go through it, and I'm going to talk about what you should look at. So it's a lot of information that's going to help you. I'm not going to be negotiating your future contract, for example, specifically but I'm going to tell you what to look for and what to negotiate. So I'm going to give you all the tools that you need. So it's going to be, a, you're going to have a lot more knowledge and education when you do have to negotiate your new contract. And oftentimes, 
you know, if you go to your lawyer and you say, look, I've already done all this work. I kind of know what I'm looking for. This is what I want. That saves a ton of time and money because then they can just go, oh, great. And they just plug it in. Yeah. And let me just share, because we haven't really talked like the course itself. If you go to guard my practice, which is where the link, to the sales page is, and, and I'll put the link, like, I think right now it's just the link to the webinar, but I'll put a link to the, the page that can let you sign up. And when it comes to contract and looking for what you want, Amanda's fee is $500 an hour. <laughs> Sorry. It's very expensive to hire me. But that's what this, we wanted to give you so much value in this course. So you you feel like you've sat down with the lawyer. I always say, I want to be a lawyer in your pocket, right? I want to give you all of my knowledge. That's why I started this company, you guys. That's why Garden My Practice was literally formed. My law firm is busy. I'm making plenty of money. It wasn't about that. It was about how can I take the knowledge over 20 something years that I've helped doctors and put it in videos and trainings and courses to where I can teach you. Because not to be a lawyer, but issue spot, right? It's like doctors say, I don't know what I don't know. Fraud and abuse, contracts, it's overwhelming. So it's like, this is what we're going to go through. We're going to go through detailed what you should think about when you're leaving, the strategy, the things to look for in your new contract. I mean, these are really great tips that you, you know, that you would pay me a lot to hire me by the hour to do it. And we're weaving it into this three-month program. Right. And did I mention that she and I are very similar? So I'm a full-time surgeon, also doing very well. Also, hourly rate is a fair amount. And the most important thing to recognize, I mean, that's what I've done too. The podcast, the book, this is basically like, I can't coach everybody. So I try to pull all those things and lessons here too. That's what we're looking at. Coaching for mindset. Absolutely. Everyone who signs up, the founders too, up to 10, because it's about as much as I can handle. I want to have a one-on-one with you specifically about this course. I want to have a one-on-one with each person who signs up, up to 10, because if it gets, I don't think we're going to have more than 10. I think that's perfect. I want to make sure I understand what your issues, your questions are, and where your thoughts may be. So I want to make sure that we are tailoring this course for you because we're all essentially similar. I could tell you, you know, many of the problems I've seen over the last three years are things probably that a lot of you guys are already thinking. And so it's really uncovering the specific thing that's going on. So first individualized thing, because that's a gift for me to help you. And um, each of these are going to be very similar to this. So we wanted the webinar also to be very similar to how these Tuesdays are going to go. We're going to come here with specific things to talk about. We want this to be guided. We want you to get specific information, but we also want to tailor it to what you have, any questions that you have. And also Amanda has like an amazing wealth of videos that really explain a lot of things that, you know, in simple, easy to you know, easy to digestible, go and check and then, and go through that. So I've gone through her guard, my practice program. And these videos are absolutely phenomenal. They're short, they're easy. She's amazing and fun. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Well, we have another question is, would it help me figure out how to close my practice? That's a good one because yes, transitions don't mean there's always a new hectic job you have to negotiate. It could be, you're just, that's a lot of strain and stress. My husband said the other day, I don't want to retire. That's miserable, like awful, like boring. Like what do I... The fear of like, oh my gosh, retiring, quitting, you know, so we can, that's just as much work, you know, to just close down a practice. So we're going to definitely go through the mindset of that, what that feels like, what your, where your head is on that, how to wind down some contracts. So that's certainly something that will be an aspect of it. You know, some of it we're looking forward that you might not be looking at that and that's okay. So we want you to take from this course, what helps you. One thing, there was a question that was called in, what about vacation or FMLA? Can I take leave during my 90 day notice? So let's say you put in your notice. Mm-hmm. What happens then? Can I take well, leave? I mean, FMLA is protected. And again, that's a really fact dependent about how big your group is and whether they are under FMLA. But it, it look at the contract and look at the policies because different companies have different rules about this. Some say you can't take vacation during your notice and some say you can't. So I don't know. You have to look at your specific contract and see if it says anything about it and look at this. Sometimes there's an employment manual or physician manual that will outline that. And that is a good thing to add to your strategy list. Go find that out. That's a good one. And we really want to see you guys for the next three months. I can't, um, I can't imagine what my life would be without a community. I don't know why I bonded so many doctors. Sorry, guys, you're stuck with the lawyer now, but I love working with this group and it's really fun. So we hope we see you in the course starts next week. It's going to be a blast and you're going to learn so much. and You're going to get a lot of help from us 
because especially as the founders, we're going to probably give you a little extra, a little VIP treatment, if you know what I mean. So, yeah. so we hope you sign up and it's going to be a really great three months. And we are pumped if you can't tell. Yes. So we hope to see you next Did week. I mention, like, so speaking of mindset, when you decide that you have already won, because I have locked Amanda down to spending time with me every Tuesday. <laughs> You're fun. I, I costed her at a conference once and I was like, we should be friends. And she was like, weirdo. So that's how that worked out. So on a couch <laughs> at a conference in San Antonio. But yes. thank you guys for joining us. I know it's we have we appreciate your time. It's an hour of your life that you spent with us. Oh. And we hope you came away learning something and we hope to see you again. One last thing. Anonymous attendee said, how much will be the course? It's $2,000 one time, or there's a payment plan. Go to guardmypractice.com. I'm going to send an email because obviously you had to have registered. So there will be an email that goes out to everyone who registered with the replay and the link for that too. If you have any questions about that, just go ahead and reply to that as well. So we want to answer your questions. Um, And is there email coaching with it? Yes. I 100% um, recommend that you send me any things that you're that you're dealing with but definitely as much as you can show up live because like i said really it's the ability for me to ask you questions for you to start thinking for yourself and start uncovering the thoughts that you have for yourself that really helps but email coaching 100% agree and there's a lot of there's a little bit of work for you to do between the courses when so you're not going to cram it all in in 1 hour we're going to give it to you on email let you process it think it through and then we'll go over it in the call so it's much more productive we already have all of our worksheets designed we've been working on this for a while so it's going to be it's going to be a lot of value that you and we don't want to overload you we know that this is not you don't want to go back to school you know we want no to grades. give you just enough you know to think it through but not too much to overwhelm you <laughs> all right so I'll be sending you all an email. If you have questions, respond to that. But I'm so glad that you guys came because even though this is free, you spent your time here. You know, you really um, came forward and said, you know, I'm ready for a change. And really, honestly, this is the first step towards getting the life that you want. And the whole purpose of life anyway is to evolve to the best version of yourself. So congratulations taking that first step. All right. See you soon, guys. For more information on the Boss Business of Surgery series, go to bosssurgery.com.